We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of First Rest Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Now Media Group. Today, we welcome Jason Peters to Business Matters. Jason is the Director of Wealth Management at Valley First. Jason, thank you for joining us this morning. Rob, it's my pleasure. Again, good morning to you and to everyone, and thanks so much for having me. No problem. Um, so we're going to be talking about a few things today. Market volatility is 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 headlined right now. Uh, we see it a lot. Um, there's some. In, I'm sure there's investors that are feeling unsettled, uh, maybe unsure what they want to do. So we're going to just discuss some, you know, some guidance, some ideas, some advice on 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 you know what this one may look like. But I know before we get started, I think you wanted to give it land acknowledgement. So why don't we do that and then we can jump into some questions. I'd love to, and thank you for that. Uh, that's important to me. Uh, I'm joining actually this morning from Penticton in our head office for Valley First in Penticton. It's a gorgeous day here as I think it is everywhere in the interior today. Uh, and I am joining Rob from the uh, traditional, the ancestral and the unceded lands of the Okanagan Seelix peoples. So a very important acknowledgement for the land on which we get to live and play and work. Uh, and thank you very much for that. No problem. Thank you, Jason. Well, let's, let's chat. Before we jump into sort of the market stuff I, I kind of maybe we can just talk a little bit about your role and and maybe you can tell us a about your yourself and and i know you've had a, a you know a, a career in sort of planning and investing so maybe we can talk a little bit about that and then we'll kind of dissect all the other stuff as we get through it oh i'd love to for sure uh and actually just occurred to me the other day i've surpassed now 25 years in this industry wow. And, and like the cliche says, you know, if you really enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't really seem like work, which I think is the best advice I could offer, and, and certainly to my kids as well. Uh, you know, I think growing up, I was asked, what do I want to be? <laughs> I would phrase that a little bit differently with my own children when I say, what will make you the happiest? Mm -hmm. And really go from there, because it's not about money and success in, in that financial sense or, right. you know, climbing the corporate ladder. For many, it is what I found is just finding the, the right balance in what's rewarding and fulfilling. So uh, I grew up in the Lower Mainland, went to the University of British Columbia there. Uh, actually, my worst subject of all was money and banking. <laughs> kind of ironic how, how life plans out. I, I yeah. got through that one just by the skin of my teeth. But it, it did open my eyes to the world of finance and, and money management. And uh, after that began, began my career. And quite frankly, I never aspired to the Wall Street and the Bay Street. Perhaps that just intimidated me too much. Uh, I think it's very thrilling and quite the rush for, for people that can do that. I might not have the IQ for it anyways, but where I really found meaning was working directly with uh, clients, customers, or what we refer to in the credit union community as, as members, and uh, trying to find the balance between uh, you know, what's going to really help people the most while still, you know, contributing to the success of the organization as well. Uh, and that's what's brought me back to Valley First is that that sense of fulfillment too. So I'm interested. So you went through university, said finance wasn't your, 
stellar course, fair <laughs> enough. But so what attracted you to get into the banking world then? Like what, 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 what did you see there? You're like, yeah, I'm actually interested in that. And I'd love to do more of that. You know what? It, uh, it, it came to me later afterwards. I didn't really have an epiphany moment until I was already in this uh, industry. Uh, but what, what, what came into focus for me a little bit later into it, Rob, was that uh, in school, uh, you know, especially through high school and even in through university, even though there was a course called Money and Banking and I didn't, I didn't do so well in it, yeah. uh, I don't think running a household budget uh, is is really taught in in curriculum the way it should be. Personally, I think that understanding credit cards versus savings and how to balance and budget and right from our very first job and we have that first paycheck. It's like, well, what do I do with this? And oftentimes that first paycheck comes while we're still living at home, and so you don't really have a lot of overhead or responsibility living at home as a as a young adult or even as a teenager. So it's almost like this is free money. And uh, uh, I, I felt the need to um, feel, I guess, what I felt is a bit of a void in the education sense in that, well, what do I do with that first paycheck? Should I maybe spend half of what I make and save the other half? And if I save the other half, for what purpose as a young right. adult? That doesn't seem like very much fun to me. I'm going to what? Put it in a bank account and then, and then what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get to buy stuff. I don't get to spend it. Yeah. Uh, Shouldn't I worry about all that later? But then later comes along fast and all of a sudden there is something that is a bigger ticket item. And it's like, well, gosh, I didn't really prepare for that. Now I really either really want something or I need something or I've got a bill or an expense. And there's where I guess the trap of debt can creep in is because we haven't saved for that rainy day. Then we rush out to either borrow money or put it on a credit card. And therein begins, I guess, a little bit of that budget trap because we were never put out in front of you. Right. Interesting. So your title right now is Director of Wealth Management. Can you explain a little bit about what that entails and what your day-to-day looks like in that role? Sure, you bet. I have a, a team that I serve uh, as their our leader, and uh, they work in our, in our branches. We have 14 branches in Valley First, down through the Southern Interior, uh, all the way into Oliver, and then the Similkameen up through Penticton and the central Okanagan and then into the northern area of Vernon Armstrong Enderby and, and into Kamloops as well. So uh, my job is uh, helping them uh, be as successful as they possibly can. And honestly, there's days where I don't think they need me for very much of that <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, it's to understand what's most important. Like they're, my, they're like my customers, if you will. My team. So uh, they're the voice that I listen to in terms of what our members need. Uh, what are the, I guess, concerns or challenges that our members are facing as they navigate their own financial lives, the choices and the challenges they face as as income earners and and most often parents and and often business owners as well. So I I live through, I guess, uh, the eyes and ears of my team and understanding what our members need and then making sure that my team continues to be set up for success in a world that just doesn't stop changing. Interesting. So how long have you been at Valley First? I'm just over 60 days now. So just over two months. I joined right at the end of April. And what were you doing before that? Were were you another financial institution? I was. I was. I was with another financial institution here in the Okanagan uh, and had six wonderful years there since we moved from the Lower Mainland in the spring of 2016. Uh, what drew me to Valley first was the opportunity to return to some credit union routes. I was with another credit union in the Lower Mainland previously. Uh, it's a chance to come full circle for me 
I also hit a bit of a, a milestone in terms of my age this year. So it was a chance, I think, to, you know, really set myself on a course for maybe the last chapter, which will be a long chapter, but it's maybe I, I think, and, I, and it certainly feels like it will be the last stop and a, and a great one for several years to come. Uh, I knew uh, several people within Valley First and its broader uh, credit union network, what we refer to as First West, our sister credit unions in the, the lower mainland and, and on the island. Uh, it's a small world in the financial services industry. Yeah. So it was a chance to work with some people uh, that I really, really respect and really treasured working with at a previous point in time. Uh, I knew of Valley First by reputation and my whole family had settled in so smoothly into the Okanagan. For me, this was the last piece was to now come and work and serve within an organization that's based in the Okanagan. My family's based in the Okanagan. That yeah. just made sense. Excellent. Well, that's great. I know I've, I've talked to many people from Valley First through this podcast and they're an amazing, you have an amazing team, like every single person. So um, I can see what you say, why it would attract you there. So, so let's talk about the topic at hand. I know we talked about, um, you know, sort of some of the uncertainty what's happening in market. So maybe we can start by giving us maybe a, you know, what's the current state of the marketing investment role right now as you see it? Yeah, I think that there's there's two things to talk about in the current state. One is where have we been over these past several years? And if we if we use the backdrop of COVID and, and even before that, uh, there was a lot of, um, I guess, support and, um, uh, you know, help economically for us during those really, really challenging years in terms of low interest rates and, uh, you know, programs to help those that were really challenged in a work from home environment or losing their jobs. So as we come out of that, there's been a lot of stimulus that's been applied. Um, that I think, you know, has a little bit of a day of reckoning. And so when we look at interest rates that have come up really quite quickly, yeah. Part of that is in response to what's currently happening today in the world. We should talk about that. Yeah. Part of that, I think, is just a, a natural undoing or rewinding of the past couple of years when we saw interest rates dive to historic lows. Inevitably, at some point when the time was right, we needed to return to some normal levels of interest rates in the economy. Uh, it's just healthy in, in the long run to have a, uh, a more historical return to average in interest rates. We've been too low for too long, and, and it was bound to happen at some point. Interesting. So you, you mentioned sort of, you know, there's some current um, things that are happening. So, you know, inflation and the war in Ukraine are two significant items, obviously. So how is that? How are both of those impacting what we're seeing in the in, in stock markets and in, in the investment world and financial world right now? Yeah, let's touch on inflation first. And thanks for bringing that up. And uh, just to dispel of a bit of a myth that inflation is something bad or evil to be avoided. Uh, and I'll go back to my money in banking. And maybe the one part that I do remember from my university <laughs> education is what exactly is inflation? Well, inflation is the general rise in price or in cost of goods and services. Milk, gas, bread, the chair I'm sitting on, you name it. Uh, it's actually important in our economy for prices to rise at a reasonable level over time. It's a work incentive. It incentivizes us to work harder to earn money so that we can keep up and keep pace with, uh, with living costs. If there was no inflation, there would actually be a disincentive effect. I think, well, why would I work harder? Don't need to. I'm doing all right. I don't have to work a little bit harder to make a little bit more. 
What can happen though, of course, is, is that in moments when inflation needs to spring back from historic interest rate lows, now all of a sudden we're really feeling that shock, uh, whether it's in the prices of goods and services, what we pay at the pump, oh my goodness, grocery bills. We've got three kids at home and my wife and I, we eat food too. So there's, there's five of us and uh, everyone's dollar, I think, is just stretched a little bit more. Yeah. So there's what's happening with inflation. It is a little bit concerning if, it, if interest rates rise too quickly, Rob, because then what can happen is people may be forced to do without because they simply can't keep up with a rapid rise in prices. And now some folks may have to make really tough decisions about what is most essential that I'd be able to buy if my dollar just can't be stretched as much as it, as it did before. So there's a little bit of kind of an, an economic picture of inflation. Now let's layer in what's happening within Ukraine. Um, little known fact, I suppose, is that Ukraine is a top 10 global producer of wheat. Right. Who would have thought? Uh, what's the big deal with wheat? Well, wheat gets milled into flour. Flour is then used for, oh my goodness, open the kitchen cupboard. Everything from breads, pancake mix, cereal bars, pastas, crackers, you name it. And so if you effectively remove a top 10 producer of wheat from the picture around the world, guess what? A lot of those grocery store prices are gonna go up simply out of supply and demand. Very similar parallel story playing out with oil and gas prices because uh, many countries in response to Russia's invasion are taking a step back from Russian oil. That then removes part of the supply simple laws of supplies and demand. We're all still driving our cars and eating oil just as much. Price of gas is gonna go up too. So people are feeling walloped. Mm, interesting. So, I mean, we've been through downturns before. This isn't the first one and I'm sure you've seen, you've seen them before, but is, does, this, does it feel a little bit different this time than other ones? You know what? I think they always feel a bit different because if it felt the same, the stock markets wouldn't drop because it would be information that was so familiar the markets right. just shrug it off and, and right. continue onwards. So at the time, every time we see a drop in our investment statements, almost by definition, it's going to feel different because Fair it's enough. the market absorbing information that it doesn't know how to process efficiently. Right. So there's where you see big volatility and swings. One day it looks really bad. The next day it wasn't so bad after all. Uh, I think what's perhaps a little bit different right now, and that is a fair word to use, Rob, is uh, the budgetary impact, what we're seeing in the way of costs. So it's a bit of a... I'm actually going to say a bit of a triple effect in that we're all coming out of uh, a global plague where people's resilience has really, really been tested. It really, really has. Not many people have been immune to what the last two years have meant in terms of our well-being. So now coming out of that, we're seeing, here's the second layer, we're seeing our investment statements drop in value. Yeah. Uh, that never feels good, but we might not have the same resiliency we would have in another point in time. Right. And now we're also looking at uh, the money we bring home and thinking, geez, this isn't being stretched the way it used to. By the time I fill up my car and bring home groceries, where's the fun that's left? And I certainly don't feel as much fun as I used to. So there's, I guess, the three factors that are happening right now. And, uh, you know, for everyone who's tuning in today, I think that as you have a look at your investment statements and take that deep breath, please speak to your advisor, whomever and wherever that might be, and make sure that... Um, you know, your, your, your sentiments are being understood because it's more than just dollars and cents right now. It's how this is affecting people and just in terms of their, their just their general outlook. It's interesting because for some, I said, you know, we, you know, we've seen this before. We've seen downturns before, I should say, but for some investors, 
or some of your members it could be the first time. This could be the first time they're experiencing such a big decline. So, you know, you, you've given some advice already saying, making sure you're connected with your, you know, investor advisor and your, but what other advice can you offer someone that's just going through this and saying like, you know, how am I going to get through this and, and what do I need to do? Yeah, great, great question. And I'll answer it in two parts. The first part is to speak to your trusted advisor and, and take a moment to, uh, if you're a first-time investor going through a decline for the very first time here, to go back in history and with your advisor, understand the last time markets dropped and the circumstances and what did the recovery and the rebound look like if we were properly invested. Now, if we've got all our money in one particular security or stock, then really our uh, fate or, or the chances of the rebound are really, really hinged on very, very few companies. But right. if we're well diversified into a portfolio and some thought was put in place to begin with in terms of proper diversification, in terms of what are our feelings towards ups and downs in the markets, then in the long run, uh, history rewards those that can just hang on and understand that uh, you know, the, the, the inevitable uptrend will return. It never feels like it at the time, but things creep back. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, got through it, feel okay about that. And then we all feel that, that renewed sense of confidence. So that would be the first part. The second part would be that as we have a look with blinders on at our actual investment money, it's important to step back and go, well, okay, but have I properly prepared myself for emergencies in life? What happens if I have some unexpected bills? What do I want in the way of some piggy bank money? And it's never a bad time, honestly, never a bad time to reevaluate. Do I have enough in the market or do I have too much in the market? And if when we made our first investment, uh, we didn't really stop and think, well, gosh, life is expensive. I need to have some piggy bank money, some rainy day funds. Then I would start from there and make sure that we have that money set aside that's not invested so that the money that is invested can stay invested for the long term. And we never have these moments where our thinking is clouded going, oh, my goodness, that's my hard-earned savings. Yeah. I need some of this money. Yes, part of it's retirement, but part of it is for bills. Well, bill and piggy bank money shouldn't be invested in the long term long term right. should be invested in the long term an interesting way to look at it yeah that's the, and, and most people don't think that way right so i think it's one or the other so it's interesting interesting uh, really good advice so i you know i think there's we can all say safely that there's going to be more interest rates hikes coming um as early as the next week or two so Anything that we can prepare for from an investment point of view or uh, that we know this is coming? Like, is there anything else that we should be doing or we can be doing knowing that there's more interest rates, uh, maybe inflation, whatever it may be coming? Is there anything else that we can be preparing for? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I think the Bank of Canada has signaled that there could be more interest rate hikes to come. Yeah. Part of the reaction in the markets is based not just on the past rate increases, but also on the commentary that the Bank of Canada issues at that time. Right. Is that commentary suggesting there could be more rate increases? Because then that gets priced in almost right away. Right. But who's to say? Because that could change. Uh, it's really up to the Bank of Canada at that time down the road. Uh, but you raise a good point, Robin, that yes, we, we need to think about our money management, not just in compartments. And that this is my mortgage over here, and these are my RSPs or TFSAs over here, because they're all connected. We're one financial person and one, one being. So yeah, the, the uh, recommendation that I would have is to sit down with an advisor at your financial institution and talk about it all, lay everything out on the table, whether it's your cash flow in terms of banking, whether it's your debts in terms of lending, whether it's in your investments and your insurance needs as well, which I think often gets overlooked. 
uh, I think when we when we step back and go, gosh, I only have one more dollar. Like, where's the best place for it to go? Mm. And if in fact interest rates were to rise, am I prepared for that within my mortgages or my my financing and my business uh, situation as well? Can I handle it in my budget if interest rates were to increase? And what might that mean for my cash flow? That's an important conversation to have because we don't want to take a step backwards unnecessarily. And all of a sudden, we didn't anticipate that our mortgage payments might be going up. And now, uh, all of a sudden, that other hard-earned money that's in that long-term compartment for RSPs, that's when we see people have to tap into that. And that's a shame for the long run. So yeah, it's it's one comprehensive conversation. Interesting. I'm curious, um, you mentioned in this in, that you you know we should be looking at talking to our advisor, looking at insurance. Can you speak around, you know, the, the team that you have there? It's not just investments, right? I think that's where in some people, when they hear these podcasts, are like, oh, we're talking about it. But you, as, a, as a member of Valley First, you actually have access to a broad team that can help you on insurance, that can help you in investment, that can help you in lending. So you can maybe speak about the depth of the team that, that you have at Valley First. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. I have a very experienced, very skilled, very what we call accredited team. Accredited uh, meaning having received outside industry certification, uh, which which signals from an academic standpoint that we really do know our stuff, uh, and we're advisors at heart, which means we take the time to understand. And I don't mean this to sound like an infomercial, but <laughs> for, for anyone who I guess is a little bit spooked or intimidating in dealing with financial institutions, and there are many, mm -hmm. uh, I, I can tell you like uh, it's a very noble cause from our point of view and that we just simply want to understand people's situations today, but also uh, in terms of the future, what is it that people hold most dear about wanting to save for, invest for, manage their money for, whether it's gifting money to kids down the road for a down payment or a wedding, whether it's to save for our own retirement and how much money do we need alongside other pensions or government programs for that. When we have as best or as clear picture of our futures in terms of those goals and hopes, now we can work backwards and we can say, well, let's take stock today. What are the challenges? What are the resources that we have? And let's come up with a plan. Let's mm -hmm put some priorities in place. Some might be short-term, making sure we have piggy bank money. Some might be medium-term, whether it's uh, you know a business owner who's got capital and operating needs, whether it's saving for my children's educations. Some might be longer-term. For instance, me, I love certain places around the world for holidays. And I hope that by the time I pack it in, in my career, uh, my wife and I and our kids and their kids can do some of that. But all that's going to require a plan for most of us. And there is where it's important to sit down uh, with an advisor at your financial institution and, and let them ask away because, uh, and I will go back to that infomercial at Valley First, we're very skilled and we're very interested to understand what's most important for people and help them put those plans in place. That's why we get up in the morning. Interesting. Um, Thank you for that. I, I, I do have a couple more questions, but I did warn you at the start, we're going to do a thing called Would You Rather? We do it every session, ask you 10 questions, get to know your personality and who you are a little bit, some fun questions. So here we go. Um, would you rather read the book or watch the movie? Watch the movie. Awesome. You watch anything good right now? 
Uh, what have I watched? I've watched The Usual Suspects so oh, yeah. many times. I oh, could just God. about uh, quote it by memory, but that would be an all-time favorite. Love Never it. Part of watching that. And right now I'm hooked on Better Call Saul. I oh, yeah. It's a TV show, but yeah. July the 11th, mark the calendars. It's coming back. Uh, <laughs> and can't wait to see what happens next. That's awesome. Um, would you rather be an extra in an Oscar-winning movie or the lead in a box office bomb? Uh, wow. <laughs> I would go extra. <laughs> Uh, because I think there's a little bit of a parallel to uh, my role within Valley First, which is helping other people look good. Part of the team. Yeah, I love it. Um, would you rather sing or dance in front of your coworkers if you're forced to? I'll take the dance. <laughs> um, would you, when you're on vacation, would you rather lounge by the pool or would you find you on a beach? You would find me out on the ocean, either uh, on a paddleboard or under it, snorkeling with turtles and dolphins. Love it. Um, would you rather someone see all the photos in your phone or read all your text messages? Photos, because almost all of them are nature shots. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. You're, we live in the right place for that. Um, would you rather have a pause or rewind button in your life? Pause. Would you rather be the funniest person in a room or the smartest person in a room? Wow. I'm not, I'm not going to try to go too deep on that. I'll just go with funny. <laughs> not overthink it. Um, Friday night, would you rather go out for fine dining or are you, store, you staying in and ordering? I'm staying in, but between my wife and I, we'll spend time in the kitchen and we'll try to create something fine dining. It might end up just being toast, but uh, it'll be the experience of just spending time together. But it'll be elevated toast. It, it'll be elevated toast, right? And we'll cut it into triangles so that we've got right. options for, for different. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, would you rather cake or ice cream for dessert? Cake. Cake. Are you a foodie? I know a little bit of a side note. It sounds like, are you a foodie? You like being in the kitchen? A little bit. Uh, oh. I like I like eating it. I have no kitchen skills. Uh, my favorite would be Mexican. Uh, there's some great Mexican choices in town. And wherever I go, traveling wise, believe it or not, it's the Mexican that I seek out. Uh, love, love the it. people, the culture, and the food, yeah. and the colors on the plate. Yeah. Love it. Uh, last question is: Would you rather only be able to use a fork or no spoon, or only be use a, be able to use a spoon, no fork, for the rest of your life? You're only allowed to choose one. Wow, thanks for not saying or use my toes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> eat with my feet. I think I'll go with fork. Fork, okay. Yeah. I'm asking this. So one question to ask everybody at the end, we're going to tabulate to see what people are. I actually think that spoons winning, which surprises me because my mind, not that I want to influence you already gave your answer, is that anything with a spoon, I can, I can drink the soup, I can let the ice cream melt. So I, anything that I can have with a spoon, I can maybe drink it. So I want my fork because it's hard to eat spaghetti with my fork or with my spoon, but hey, who knows. Wow. Um, th thanks for playing along with that. I do have a couple more questions to wrap up. Um, Right now we hear a lot. So this is an interesting one for me is that, in, especially with the industry we're in, so we always hear the latest and greatest what's out there. You hear about NFTs, you hear about cryptocurrencies, you hear about the latest and greatest stock that's coming, all this sort of stuff. It's confusing sometimes with investors. Now you layer in all the stuff that's happening, like we're coming out of a pandemic, where are we? I don't know, are we in a pandemic? We're not sure. Interest rates, all this stuff. So like, it's confusing for us. So how, what, so how do we know where to put our dollars and what should we be mindful of when we start hearing about all this stuff that's out there that, you know, you, you, social media is great, but sometimes you, you see the anomaly that, you know, they said, oh, I made a bunch of money on crypto. 
Well, did you? And how many people lost money on crypto? Can you speak a little bit around all that? I sure can, that, because the world is becoming more and more complex. I'm dating right. myself here, Rob, but I, I did, I did <laughs> forewarn everyone that I've been over 25 years in the business. Uh, crypto feels a little bit like technology did in the late 90s, where people were super, super excited. And there was a lot of hype attached uh, in, in many industries, tech was new and, and just expanding so, so rapidly. And I think looking back, there's lots of people that rushed in, bought too much, um, you know, went a little bit uh, in over their heads because it seemed so exciting or someone they knew had had great instant immediate success with it. And it seemed like this is a no brainer. Mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit of that wanting to keep up with the Joneses too. If other people are making great money in something, we feel tempted as well. Uh, so I'm not against any particular okay. industry whatsoever. What I'm in favor of is moderation and asking some questions. That's never a bad thing. Asking some questions and doing a little bit of research, even if it means it slows us down and it takes a few extra days or weeks before we finally push the button or give it instructions to buy. Please, uh, my ask would be don't ever feel that you're missing out on something by just taking a little bit more time. If it's important enough money that we worked hard to earn it, it's important enough to do a little bit of homework. Uh, I've seen some research out there that says we spend more time researching a television for our home than we do our investments, which is a little bit, little bit nuts. Uh, now, when it comes to actual investments, I think it's important to remember that a good money manager within a mutual fund is looking for companies that have a balance between risk and return, uh, which companies out there are very reputable, led by good people, are in industries that are poised for some growth and some stability, and companies within those mutual funds that are, are either proven or are well-known and well-researched. And when you work with an advisor and finally get through uh, after understanding goals in our financial plan, and we get to what we call the fulfillment and we're actually making investment decisions, please make sure we're having a good conversation around the actual investments with, within that um, mutual fund that might be within our RSP. And uh, don't be afraid to ask exactly what this is invested in. Now, the actual stocks and holdings and bonds or whatnot will change over time. That's what we're paying professional money management for. Right. But getting a good sense of flavor for some examples of some of the securities that, that are within the actual things that we buy, I think is really, really important to have that level of transparency. Yeah, and I think it's a, that's, that's a great answer. Thank you for that, Claire, because there's a lot out there and sometimes it's confusing for people and what they can and can't do. So given that, someone's listening today and going, I still have questions. What's the best way someone to get a hold of someone yourself or someone on your team? What, what do you suggest? What's the best way for them to take that next step? Yeah, thank you. I would go to our website, valleyfirst.com. And on the left-hand side under invest, click there. Uh, you'll see an embarrassingly large photo of me. Apologies for that. Uh, <laughs> but there is a section there where you can click meet the team. And there's all the bio and contact information for the wealth advisors, as we call them, within Valley First. Uh, and rest assured, as you come in and meet with us, and we ask those questions because we want to get to know you, uh, it's not also not a race that whoever you meet first is, is looking to invest your money. Uh, we're too proud of our approach here in making sure that we introduce you to the right person that's equipped to best understand and, and serve our members in, in providing the advice that, that's right for them. That's excellent. Well, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to share such great info today. It's just some really good insights, some good takeaway for people. And 
we're all living in some interesting times for sure. And I think that makes it more important than ever to make sure that we get proper advice and you know that you don't have to navigate this your alone. And I know I always say from a business perspective, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at today successful if we didn't have the right people around us, a proper, you know, a lawyer, uh, an, an accountant, uh, you know, whatever. So you, you surround yourself with good people to help you navigate those tough times. And like you said, ask the question. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about that and unpacking that a little bit in, in the half hour or so. Rob, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for that opportunity. No problem. Everyone else, uh, have a great rest of your day and thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Thanks, Jason. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkamine, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.